On the virtual Bible study tonight, we want to talk about assembling with the saints. We're going to talk about attendance. You know, I got thinking, Jacob, in all the years that we've done the virtual Bible study, I don't think we have ever dealt with the question of attending worship services and the importance of it. And and some of the questions people ask and actually some of the quibbles people offer trying to get out of the requirement to assemble. All right. We're going to talk about that, and it's going to be a good discussion. You'll want to be a part of it. We're going to get started right now. It's time for this week's edition of the Virtual Bible Study. The Virtual Bible Study is a live, Internet-only call-in program dedicated to the honest study and discussion of God's Word. Do you have a question about something in the Bible? Or are you simply interested in learning more about the Scriptures? If so, we hope you'll stay tuned tonight as we look into the pages of God's Word. The Virtual Bible Study is brought to you this time each week by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. You can participate in the discussion tonight by calling 93 Three one three eight one four five six seven, or by emailing your questions or comments from collegeview.com. We hope you'll take out your Bibles and study along with us as we begin an exciting study of God's Word on this edition of the Virtual Bible Study. And this is the Virtual Bible Study for Thursday, August 29th, 2019. Thank you for joining us on the program tonight. My name is Jacob Gwynn. My father, Greg Gwynn, is here. Hello, Dad. Jacob, great to be with you. Good to be with you tonight. Uh, Kyle is behind the controls. Kyle, welcome to the program. It's good to be here. Glad that you're here with us this week, and uh, glad that you're listening on the other end of the line you can participate tonight at 877-381-4567 that's toll free and uh, not many people use that line but it would be a great time for you to use it tonight at 877-381-4567 email questions at collegeview.com and then uh, by all means sign in the chat room with other listeners if you're watching us live tonight and share your comments there if you're listening to us in the recorded version you're on a podcast don't worry we still want to hear from you. Questions at collegeview.com is the email address to use at any time. And if you're listening in podcast, sometime when you have a chance, get on your email and send us a uh, just send us an email to questions at collegeview.com and tell us who you are and where you are and when you listen uh, on your podcast version. All right. Yeah. Make sure you stop if you're driving. You don't want to do that while you're driving. But when you get a chance, send us an email. We'd like to hear from you. All right. Uh, t- tonight's topic is one that's... Um, is I don't know if it gets much more fundamental than this, um, and maybe since it's so fundamental, we sort of overlooked it. Yeah. The what, what have we been doing? We're in the fifteenth year of the virtual mm-hmm. Bible study, and I don't think we've ever dealt with attendance, which is kind of odd because I know as a preacher, I I touch on that subject a lot, and I think most preachers do, which is a little bit unfortunate that we have to to preach about that pretty regularly. But it is necessary to keep Christians motivated to attend the worship services, and be faithful in attendance. Uh, and so I, I, I think it's kind of odd that we haven't talked about it on the Virtual Bible Study when we actually talk about it quite a bit otherwise. Yeah, and you know, you might think that people get weary of talking about it, but if you if this is an informal poll, the responses that you got tonight to your email questions earlier today, yeah, we got people more. are very interested in talking about this fundamental subject, which is interesting to me. We got a lot more emails than we typically do, and, and I think people are interested, and they have something that they want to say. So keep the chat room buzzing. We may not even be able to keep up with all that in the chat room, but send in your comments in the chat room. Call us at 877-381-4567. Uh, we do have our email window inbox open, and you can send us an email to questions at collegeview.com. All right, so you get got some questions tonight. You're going to cover them now, or we're going to wait? Yeah. Uh, cover well, them. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, so earlier today to our update list, we sent out these questions, and we always remind you, if you don't get our updates, get on our update list by sending us an email. 
to questions at collegeview.com. Just say, add me to your list. We'll do it. You'll get an email like this one that we sent out earlier today asking these questions, uh, which would indicate our topic, but also asking for feedback. Number one, can I be a Christian and not go to church? Follow-up, is it a sin for a Christian not to go to church? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, number two, what does not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together mean? Hebrews ten twenty five. Now, several follow-up questions. Does this command, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, does this command apply to Sunday night and Wednesday night? Is staying home because of sickness, does that constitute forsaking the assembling? Is it okay to stay home if I just have a, a head cold or something like that? Yeah. Can I miss services because of my job? Must I worship when I'm traveling on vacation? When did the practice of Sunday evening worship begin anyway? And what does as you see the day approaching mean in Hebrews 10.25? So all of that's about Hebrews 10.25. Third question, do you have to join a church? Follow-up question, can't I just worship with different congregations each Sunday? Number four, what should I do if there isn't a church in my area? Follow up. What if the only church in my area is doing unscriptural things? Mm-hmm. Number five, what should I do with my contribution if I have to miss for sickness or travel, something like that? And finally, can I just worship via the internet with streaming services and so forth? Kyle, he's trying to he's trying to get I'm, on I'm you. I'm jabbing there. at you there, Kyle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, We're enabling. We're enabling. You're, you're an enabler. We'll talk about that. We'll right. talk about that. I think that's an All important right. question to ask. Uh, in fact, I had to go back and and uh, edit my email because I got that question posed to me after I had already composed the update, and so I thought, man, we got to talk about that. So I went back and and added that yeah. in, tacked that on at the All end. All right. We weren't talking about that a few years ago. No way. All right. All now, right. So just start out. Can I be a Christian and not go to church? Well, first off, that terminology. Have you heard anybody had a problem with that terminology, going to church? Go to church. Uh, yeah, we're using that expression accommodatively, yeah. but I have heard people complain about that yeah. uh, expression. I, I think everybody knows what we mean when we say, I'm going to church. Yeah, it's, uh, it would be more accurate to say, I plan to be in the assembly of the saints yeah. to worship God. Yeah, and people say, oh, they've got a beautiful church. Yeah. Or maybe they got a beautiful old church. Yeah. That would be an insult yeah. to yeah. people who understood what the term church means yeah. in, the, yeah. in the New <laughs> Testament, an old church, no, that, that, a building. We're going to go to the building. We're going to meet with the church. The church is the saints, the people, uh, the saved. Um, so go to assemble with the saints. Yeah. So when we, and we're going to use that expression a lot tonight. And I hope everybody understands that we're using it accommodatively. When we say go to church, we mean to, to join in the assembly of the saints in worship Mm -hmm. and study. Yes. Uh, So can a Christian, can, can I be a Christian and not go to church? Um, I actually think that that's not a black and white question, not a, not a, uh, you know, yes or no answer. All right. Uh, because I, I clearly, I think a, a, a Christian who is able must attend the assemblies. Uh, however, you know, I could be a Christian and unable to ever assemble. You know, I, I might have some impairment, some handicap, some illness that makes it so that I'm just absolutely unable to meet with the saints. I can still be a Christian. I can be a faithful Christian and not be able to attend the assemblies. And so 
I think you got you got to be careful in answering that question. But in the the general answer is, can I be a Christian and not go to churches? I can't be a faithful Christian if I'm able to go to services. If I'm able to assemble the saints and I choose not to, I can't be a faithful Christian. Okay, so when I read your question, I just assumed that you were addressing the the common thing that we hear a lot today is that I'm spiritual, but I'm not religious. Exactly. Right. Or that, I love Jesus, but I hate the church. Yeah, I love Jesus. I just don't go to church. Yeah. yeah and, and I did have that in mind. And I think the answer to that is absolutely no. That's not possible. If you're able, if you're physically able, then an expectation and requirement, a command for Christians is to assemble with the saints. Mm-hmm. And, and you would not be a faithful Christian if you had in mind that you were purposefully going to avoid the assemblies. Kent in Calhoun, Georgia, chimed in tonight, said one cannot be a faithful to the Lord as a Christian and forsake assembling with a local church for New Testament worship. He references Hebrews 10, verse We're going to talk about Hebrews 10, 25 a lot tonight. But that is a command. And so how could you be a faithful Christian when you set out purposely to say, I'm not going to do that? You know, so... Uh, I think the answer to that is pretty straightforward. And and the follow-up just goes hands in hand with it. Is it a sin for a Christian not to go to church? It's a sin when he purposefully, though able, he purposefully decides not to. I believe, yes, it's a sin because it's a violation of a direct command. All right. Chris in the U.K. Uh, chimes in tonight. Thank you, Chris. Chris, for... we hadn't heard from you in a while. Good to hear from you, friend. Now, Chris takes a different angle on it, and I like this. He says, first off, let's not anyone think that going to church makes, makes them a Christian. No more than sleeping in a stable makes them a horse. Very good. Um, he references James 4.17. If anyone then knows uh, the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it, it is sin for them. Very, very good. So he says, if you know it's something you ought to do, it would be... Uh, would at least be foolish to not do so, and this verse may well imply, at least on a personal level, that it is a sin. Uh, can you say also say, for example, you support the Titans football team? He's up on our sports team. He is. He knows our Nashville Way to f- go, football team. Uh, he says, if you uh, if you never watch a game, could you could you say you're a fan if you never watch a game? So how how if someone asks if you're a Christian and never met meet with others who are? Uh, you could have a discussion on is the church a building or the people an open air gospel presentation is as much church as breaking of bread. Some might say, okay, thanks. So, yeah. And so he, he's touching on what we were saying. We're using, and I think everybody understands we're using this expression, go to church accommodatively. But what we mean is to assemble with other Christians for the worship of God. And I think the answer is clear without doubt. The answer is you cannot. All right. Uh, Chloe chimes in with two no's to that. Uh, is it, uh, can I be a Christian and not go to church? Uh, no, she says. And is it a sin for a Christian not to go to church? Well, no, uh, she says. And I think that would be uh, the idea of, of some kind of hindrance. Okay. All right. Uh, and then Sean is, I think, in Virginia. My response would be this. After all the Lord has done for us, that we might, be, might have the hope of eternal life with him in heaven, why would you not want to go and assemble with other believers and worship him? Sometimes there may be legitimate reasons why you can't go, and then there's only excuses. We need to be able to discern the difference. In other words, he's saying there may be a legitimate reason, but a lot of times it's just excuses, and and an excuse is not a reason. He goes on and says, I sometimes wonder about the phrase, go to church. I understand what is implied, but we need to remember we, the people, are the church. Church is not a building that we gather in. 
It is an assembly of believers. Jesus did not die for a building, but for us. Let us gather together and worship him. Exactly. Sean says, I hope this helps. And Sean, it does. Thank you for your comments tonight. Okay. And then we've got two or three more that are have added some questions to our list. So let's say, let's set those aside, Jacob, and we'll try to hit those at the end. Okay. okay. All right. All right. So let's go on. I, I think we, I think we have pretty good agreement. Um, uh, Kevin is in Westchester, Ohio tonight. Uh, it's you, and he says, "Where's Waldo? Where's Kevin? Yep. Kevin is all over the place, but he usually tries to tune in to the virtual Bible study. We really appreciate you, Kevin. Thanks for being there." Uh, Kevin says, "Maybe we should more accurately say we're going to be with the yeah, church." I think that's a good way to put it. Yes. Yeah. Right. So again, I hope everybody understands the use of that expression. I think we do, but uh, the, uh, the clarification is excellent. So uh, we've got that. Yep. All right. So let's go to question two, which is going to be is going to put us right into the heart of the matter because it deals with hebrews 10 verse 25 hebrews 10 uh let me back up let me read this and let me back up jacob to uh uh well, maybe verse 23 hebrews 10 23 beginning let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Okay. The question, the first part of this question is just sort of an analysis of the of the grammar of this verse. And I ask, what does not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together mean? Now, uh, some want to make a, a study of the word forsaking there, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. But and, and, and some are led to a conclusion that I don't think is totally accurate. Some are saying this is a complete abandonment. This is to quit altogether. This is to give up completely. That the word forsaking there has that connotation of just never, I'm gone, I quit, I'm never coming back. That you forsake the assembling. In other words, I'm out. I'm not a part of this anymore. I quit it altogether. Okay. Now, the reason why I think that that, probably isn't the right meaning and almost can't be in the verse because of the next phrase, not forsaking the assembling ourselves together as the manner of some is, as other versions say, as the habit of some is. Well, you know, if, I, if, if it meant to just quit and never come back, it would be a one-time act. And I couldn't establish a habit of doing it. I, I, I would do it once and it would be over. And so I don't think that the forsaking of the assembling is just the one-time act of quitting altogether. I think this is the idea of neglecting to join with other saints on on the regular basis. This is, and some get in the habit of forsaking the assembly. Yeah, that's uh, that's what the Revised Standard Version. That's how it translated. Mm-hmm. Not neglecting to meet together. Yeah. And so it's the idea of yeah of of not being diligent about uh, assembling with the saints and, and and notice the word neglect you know it's just when you neglect something you just let it slide you're not taking care of your business if i neglect to paint my house and the boards start falling off uh in other words i just i just have let it let it slide i'm not paying attention to things that need to be done that's the idea of neglecting and some were in the habit of neglecting the the assembling of the saints 
what do you think that phrase means in the chat room tonight? Uh, does neglecting mean that you just don't ever go back, or is it that you're just maybe intermittent, spotty in your attendance, allow other things to interfere with your attendance? Let's get those comments in the chat room while we uh, take this break. Okay, and then uh, we'll go to some of our emailers we'll our, and, and email we'll... responses on the other side. So okay. get your comments in now. We're going to get a break, and we'll be back right after this. Don't touch that mouse. The virtual Bible study will be back right after this. Are you sure that the Bible said something, but you just don't know where? Is your salvation based on a passage that you know is in the Bible, but when asked, you couldn't find it? Do you do things in worship, but you couldn't turn to a book, chapter, and verse to show that God wants you to do it? If you answered yes to any of these questions, you may be suffering from BDD, Bible Deficit Disorder. God said, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. The College View Church of Christ is dedicated to overcoming Bible Deficit Disorder in the metro area by teaching the Bible, the whole Bible, and nothing but the Bible. You are invited to attend our worship services on Sunday at 9.30 a.m. and 6 p.m. Join us in the fight against Bible Deficit Disorder. Attend one of our services for a healthy dose of the Bible. That's at the College View Church of Christ. Please don't give in to Bible Deficit Disorder. Here's some quotes worth pondering. One of the best ways to stay out of evil is to fill your life with doing good. The price of sin is too high to afford. When you help someone up a hill, you find yourself closer to the top. Man's noblest aim is not to make a living, but to make a life. Man, wish I'd said that. Quit uh, checking your emails. The co- Why didn't I think of that? Now back to the guys. And we're back on the program tonight. A little technical difficulty there, no, but uh, we're going still. Commercials are... Oh, no. Wow. Okay. Um, so we're going... Over and the virtual well, Bible study is... off. Yeah, th- we don't need all that. <laughs> um, uh, what does it mean to forsake the assembly? Now, Kevin says uh, forsaking has a sense of ignoring. Okay. Ignoring. Kevin says to ignore. I like that. Yeah. Uh, Kent says the term forsake, and then he gives the Greek word in Hebrews 10.25 is defined as leaving behind. Hebrew Christians in the first this century... This is Greg Gwen with this week's... Okay. Okay. Uh, Hebrew Christians, uh, he says, in the first century were being tempted to leave Christ behind and return to Judaism. Uh, this, he says, however, is not the only way to forsake the assembling of ourselves together, as stated in Hebrews 25. When we place our own interest above the desires of Christ, we are leaving him behind as well. Um, all right. So uh, let's stop right there. He's got a whole lot more uh, as we ask a number of questions about Hebrews 10.25. But he points out that the the expression can mean to quit altogether, and I understand that, uh, but he says there's another way to take it. And I, I lean more toward that other way of taking it because and, – and I, I, I especially do that because it, it talks about some are in the habit of doing that. If it was I left and permanently left behind uh, Christianity altogether – I don't see how I could have established a habit of doing that when it was a one-time act. And so I lean more toward the direction that it was a just a practice of missing the assemblies, just not being there, so to speak. All right. Chris in the U.K. says in its context, that of entering the holy place, uh, this would be the building. 
but it, it doesn't specify a day, so that is open for discussion. The very least that could be said is, if the church is meeting, the body should be there. No point its whole body being there for worship, but the digestive system uh, can give the prayer meeting a miss. So he says, if you're think about it as a body, would you like it if your some of your, well, part of your body wasn't there when you, you know, at any time? Yeah. All right. Thank you for that, Chris. Uh, Chloe says, I think it means taking the war- wonderful blessing of having a church to aff- attend for granted. Okay. So forsaking, I do think sometimes people take it for granted. I, you know, I got this other thing I'd rather to do today, and I, I can always go to church, and so I'm going to do this other thing today rather than to attend the assembly. Uh that is taken for granted a tremendous blessing that we have. To, and so if I choose to do that, I've really shown that I don't appreciate the privilege of worship. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, so now, with that sort of the groundwork laid from Hebrews 25, uh, 10.25, does the command apply to Sunday night and Wednesday night? Through the years, I've had people actually say, Show me in the New Testament where it says that I have to be there on Sunday night and Wednesday night. And, of course, there's no place in the New Testament where you could actually point your finger on it and say there's Sunday night and there's Wednesday night. In fact, we might skip down here in this question and ask, when did the practice of Sunday evening worship begin? Well, we we can actually track that historically, and it's not that long ago. We know the idea of having a second assembly on Sunday, what we call the Sunday night worship or the Sunday night assembly. That was actually a post-World War II uh, development because it was after World War II when shift work became a common thing, when people were working, you know, daytime shifts, uh, then they were working the evening uh, second shift or, or maybe the overnight shift, the third shift, the midnight shift. Uh, but shift work w- was really not known before World War II, at least not in not in large scale. And so some workers were working on Sunday morning, and the idea of having a second assembly on Sunday night actually came into being to, to accommodate those folks who, because of work requirements, weren't making it on Sunday morning. And so... Yeah, so the question is, does not forsaking the assembling mean I have to be there on Sunday night and Wednesday night? Show me the verse that says I have to be there. There's no such verse. It's just not there. But the question, and and I think this goes to what uh, uh, Chloe mentioned, and I think also to what uh, Sean mentioned in his email. If I appreciate the blessings that God has given me, and why would I want to be somewhere else? You know, I've always said it's, it's, the, it's not the answer to the question that I have problems with when somebody says, do I have to go on Sunday? It's the question. It's not the answer to the question that's the problem. It's the question itself that the question itself exp- exposes a heart of a person who's not really committed to the Lord. Uh, yeah. Um, and uh, so. Here's what Kent said about it. He says, we do not necessarily know exactly when the practice of Sunday evening assemblies began. Perhaps it began during World War II when local churches used such as an authorized expedient to assist those who were forced to work various shift work hours in assisting them in meeting their obligation to obeying Hebrews 10.25. Chloe says, 
1600, they had Sunday night services and Thursday morning lectures, and Wednesday night services came about in the 1800s. Okay. Uh, thank you for that. Um, you know, uh, you know I, I think we do need to understand, I think somebody mentioned this in one of their comments, that the time of our meeting is, that's left to our discretion. And, um, and I know of a congregation that moved their meeting time to accommodate someone who had a, a job who couldn't get there in time. So the other members of the church said, you know what, we'll change. We can adjust our schedule to accommodate you. And certainly uh, that would be permissible. All right. I think that's right. So, again, my answer to the, to the does the not forsaking include Sunday night, Wednesday night, to me, yes, because it, 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 expo- it exposes a heart that's not committed to the Lord. And, you know, if there's an assembling of the saints and I'm able to attend, then I ought to be there if, if, if my heart's right, in my opinion. Okay. All right. Now, is it is staying home because of sickness forsaking the assembling is the next question. So here's a person who's just very, very seriously ill. And, they, and and physically, it's just a, a practical impossibility for them to be at the services. Is that does that constitute forsaking the assembling? Uh, and and my answer to that is no, um, because it, it is not it, you have not made the decision forsaking, neglecting, abandoning. In the, in the chat room, Kevin uses those expressions. Abandon, to desert, to forsake, to leave. Those are, those all constitute a, a, a conscious decision to not participate in the assembling. But when a person is is seriously ill to the point that it's, practic- it's a practical impossibility to attend, they haven't made a conscious decision. It's just the circumstance that they're in. Chris in the U.K. says, now we are to have all things in common, but I'm sure people would rather... Have Miss Jones keep her flu to herself, but if a sniffle would not keep you off work, why would it keep uh, you from coming before the King of Kings and Lord of Lords? Okay, so that's the second part of that question. I think, and by the way, I got a I got a, a very brief message from Ramona in Texas. Uh, she said, "What about someone who has cancer?" And and we've learned uh, through some contacts that Ramona is battling cancer. Oh, you know, she had, it. she had it and kind of got it in remission and is back very seriously again. So our thoughts are with Ramona, uh, but certainly a, a very critical illness like that and unable to attend, uh, that is not forsaking the assembling. Uh, but what about if I just sort of have a head cold? Well, how bad does the sickness have to be? Kyle, how sick do I have to be to stay home? Well, I mean, I think it's a lot of it is your own judgment, though. You can't say, well, I mean, a lot of it is. If you're infectious, if you think you're going to get people sick, then you probably need to stay home. Or, yeah. you, or maybe yeah. you're not infectious, but you're, you're, not, just, you're just too you infirm. You can't walk from the yeah. door to the bed. You just and, know you're not going to be able to sit there. Uh, yeah. and but you use the word, Kyle, that I think is appropriate is judgment. you got to make a judgment yeah. about that. Yeah. In other words, uh, w- would I be spreading my flu virus? Would I be spreading a bad cold uh, if I went to services? I don't want to do that. Uh, do I feel just so miserable? And a uh, cold can make you feel so miserable that you wouldn't be able to 
participate in the assembly in any efficient way. So you make your decision. You got to make a judgment call. But I'll tell you, one of the things that I had in mind when I when I wrote this, I've got a cold. I'm going to stay home from service tonight, but I'm going to work tomorrow morning. I went to work today, and I'm going to work tomorrow morning, but I'm not going to service tonight because I'm going to use this cold as an excuse to not go. So if that's the case, or I've got a I've got this cold and it's. I'm not going to go to services, but I went to the Walmart store today, and there's a big sale at Belk tomorrow, and I'm going to be there when the doors open. Well, wait a minute. What does that What does that say about my priorities? And I, and unfortunately, we know cases where people do that very thing. So you got to make a judgment, but know that the judgment you're making, God knows all about it. He knows all about your judgment, and he knows all about how 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 consistent you're being in applying that judgment maybe this is what uh kevin is getting to here in the chat room he says for where your treasure is there will your heart be also he references matthew 6 21 and luke 12 34 and maybe this does say something about our heart if it's too much of a burden for us uh to assemble with the saints that we're looking maybe for an excuse kyle or a reason why you know any little thing could get in the way uh, kent, yeah. kent says when one is physically ill and cannot assemble with the local church, they're not responsible for that which they cannot accomplish. However, we need to be certain that we do not use such as an excuse when at the same time we do everything else. Um, okay. So I think that I think that's the same thing, that the idea we had in mind. Now, Eric throws a little question into the mix here. Eric says, where does the term providentially hindered come from what does it mean exactly is this term found in scripture what is the scriptural basis for the term so someone would say you know hey i can't go to church i'm providentially hindered i don't like that expression it's not it's not a scriptural expression and it's not found in scripture it's a it's, it's a phrase that men have invented it, uh, it does give some credence to your excuse so i gotta tell you that you know, if it, I, I can't go because this splinter right here is from God. Right? Well, providence, providence is God's action. God acts yep. providentially in this world today through his yep. providence. Through his providence, God accomplishes things in the world today. And so to say providentially hindered, the implication of that is that God hindered me from being there. And I, I, I just don't like I don't like the connotation of it at all. We understand what that means. So I was on my way to services and I had a car wreck. You know, it wasn't maybe a horribly serious car wreck, but it was a pretty good fender bender. My car was left incapacitated. It took the police, uh, you know, an hour to write up the accident and, and get the cars towed away. And by the time that was all done, services were over. Now, some people would call that providentially hindered. I think it's a bad expression. I think circumstances just arose that made it impossible for me to be there. Yeah, and isn't it a shame that God gets blamed for things like that? You know, yeah. And in your insurance, you know, they don't cover acts of God. You know, yeah. the roof blows off your house. Well, God did that. Well, yeah. maybe not. Yeah. Yeah. Why well, we don't so, blame God for all of the bad things? Yeah. So I don't like the expression providentially yeah. hindered. And, yeah. But I do, I do understand. I think everybody understands that there may be a circumstance beyond your control that makes it to where you do not. You're not at the assembly, but it wasn't a choice. It wasn't a forsaking. It wasn't a conscious choice to do something else. Forsaking. That's right. Uh, Neglecting. Okay. 
All right. All right. Now. Carry on. Oh, well, let's, let's grab a break. break and when we get back, well, we got a hot one here. In regards to all this, can I miss services because of my job? Must I worship when I'm traveling on vacation? Good questions. What do you think? Sign in the chat room uh, tonight. We want to hear from you. Dwight says, I've heard I've worked all day and I'm very tired, yet uh, they still make it to work. Yeah, they're tired, but they're going to make it back to work. In other words, they're tired. from Everybody gets tired. But if I'm too tired to worship, maybe I need to scale back some of my other activities. All right. We're going to get a break. Hopefully the breaks work a little better this time. Don't go anywhere. We're back right after this week's bullet point. You won't want to miss what we talk about next. The discussion continues right after these important messages. This is Greg Gwen with this week's bullet point. A man begins to neglect his spiritual duties. Though once faithful to attend all the assemblies, now he never does. He has basically severed all ties with the local congregation. He refuses to return calls and is never available to meet with concerned Christians who try to visit with him. Finally, a face-to-face meeting is held. Why has he followed this course of action? What has happened to cause this dramatic change in him? Here's his explanation. I know that I'm not living right. I have a problem with sin in my life. I'm tired of living a lie. When I come to church, I feel like a hypocrite. I just can't continue on like this. So I've decided to stop the charade. I won't be coming to church anymore because I don't want to be a hypocrite. What can we say about such a situation? Certainly hypocrisy is an ugly thing. In fact, the hypocritical scribes and Pharisees received Jesus' strongest words of condemnation. It is right, therefore, to rid oneself of hypocrisy, and we definitely ought to be honest with ourselves about such a situation. 1 John 3, verse 20 says, If our heart condemn us, God is greater than our heart and knoweth all things. However, here's where we think the fellow in our example, along with many real persons, makes a terrible mistake. He assumes that he only has two alternatives— One is to continue to act as a hypocrite by remaining in his sin while making a pretense of faithfulness, or second, give up his service to God completely. Those are not the only choices. What has been overlooked here is the right choice. Repentance is the answer. Yes, you should stop being a hypocrite, and you can do so by repenting. That's this week's bullet point. Think about it. My name is Cole, and I'm eight years old. My name is Thomas, and I'm seven years old. And our families love to listen to the virtual Bible study. A streaming Bible study. Why didn't I think of that? Now back to the guys. Back on the program tonight. Reminding this program is brought to you by the College of Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. Find out more about us by visiting our website. Uh, that is thevirtualbiblestudy.com. And uh, if you're in the College or the Columbia, Tennessee area, come and worship with us on Sunday mornings. Or on Wednesday evenings, find out more about our meeting times and locations at our website, thevirtualbiblestudy.com. If you're listening to us in the chat room tonight, sign in with the comments uh, there. And if you're listening to us in a podcast, uh, we want to hear your emails or hear from you via email at any time, questions at collegeview.com. As we talk about assembling tonight and uh, worshiping with the saints. we got a really hot part of this discussion now. And the question is... Um, can I miss services because of my job? Okay. Um, and so I'm just, let's just read some of what people have to say. Uh, Kent says, we need to take great care not to place secular employment, vacation time, and family before the Lord. We make plans for vacation, which is certainly not wrong within itself. We need to make plans to faithfully worship God while on vacation. Secular employment is necessary to take care of ourselves and our families. However, such should never be placed on a higher level than our spiritual responsibilities to God. Okay. All right. I think that's a good answer. Um, But I think some people would still ask, okay, having said so, 
What if my job, on my job, I have to miss every other Sunday? Because that's just the way it is where I work. You've got to work every other weekend. And so what about that? Is it okay if I do that? All right. Well, Chloe says she wouldn't. And I think that's going to get down to a lot of people's, um, you know, get down to what, uh, what would you, what, 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 what is, what are you comfortable with? She said, I wouldn't. Is missing church because your job devoting your life to God? And I think it's discouraging when you ask where someone is and they say working and think of the example you're setting for your children. All right. So I agree, Chloe. I think that's good. Uh, Chris uh, in England says, someone must ask, why did you take that job in the first place? Uh, In the Old Testament, no one worked on the Sabbath, even slaves. So apart from emergencies, why should we? I think that's I think that it sort of addresses the question the way I would want to address it. I'm going to tell you for myself, I'm not going to take a job wherein I know going in that I'm going to have to miss services every other Lord's Day. I'm not going to take that job. I think I can find another job. I, 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 and that may not be so easy in some places in the world. I understand that. But where we live, there's an abundance of jobs available. And I can take a different job that will not require me to miss services every other Lord's Day. And and, I, and that's what I'm going to do. So, I, I, again, it's a question of priorities. Uh, what What comes first? Some people think that job comes first, and I just disagree wholeheartedly with that. Yeah, so it needs to be a priority. That you're, the, the assembly needs to be a priority. Now, can you make a blanket statement that anytime someone misses for work, that would be wrong? I can't say I can't. that, absolutely. No, I can't. But I'm going to do my very best not to be a part of that. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, you, you, you're going to make it a priority. Yeah. That's what, you, yeah. That's what forsaking... Yeah. But it's, the, it's the opposite of forsaking, making assembly a priority. Yeah. But again, a circumstance may arise. And it, uh, that's why I think you got to be careful about just, you know, making, uh, you know, unequivocal statements about this sort of thing. So my plan last night, Wednesday night, was to be at services. But I got called out on a service job. And I really thought I, I, it sure looked like that would be easily accomplished in plenty of time for me to get back and be at services. But when I got there, the equipment that I was using to fix what was broke, broke itself. And then I got in the truck to head home and the truck broke down on the way and I didn't make it to services on Wednesday night. Again, I don't think that's forsaking. I, I didn't make a conscious decision to do that. It was, it was a circumstance beyond my control. And so sometimes those kind of things happen, but that's different, in my opinion, than taking a job wherein I know, and they told me going in, you must work every other Sunday. Uh, well, I'm not, I'm not going to take that job. That's just that's just not going to be a job that I take. Or how about this? We didn't ask this question, but what about they offer me overtime Sunday, and Sunday, by the way, is double time. So I I get overtime pay. I get twice my normal hourly rate on Sunday. I'm going to have to miss the assemblies to do that. But, man, that's a lot of money. Twice my normal hourly wage on Sunday. That's hard to say no to. I'm not going to say no. I'm going to go to that. And But it's work, right? It's work. And everybody thinks work is a, is a legitimate excuse for missing the assemblies. Where in the New Testament does it say that work is a legitimate excuse for missing the assemblies? 
especially when it is a conscious decision of mine to do that kind of work or do, to do that work on that day. I think Chris's observation about in the Old Testament, in the Old Testament, nobody worked on the day of worship, the Sabbath. Uh, so uh, I, I think a lot of people need to give some more careful consideration to that. All right. Kevin says, uh, missing worship because of my job is certainly not a requirement in our country. Employers are not allowed to prevent workers from worship in the USA. Kevin says, I agree with Chris. Do not take a job that will keep us from worship. Jobs like pro football players, NASCAR racing teams, and others that require Sunday work should not be on a Christian's list of career choices. There you go. In other words, you got some choices. Make your choices with God at the top priority. Yeah. That's what you got to do. Yeah. And I can see I can see some extenuating circumstances you mentioned. You know, I can I can envision a, a doctor or a he got he he was doing surgery and the surgery got very complicated and they got held over they couldn't get done and so he missed services on or Wednesday. he's on his way to church and the guy that he worked on that day is is taking a turn for the worse and he's he got to get there. To, I mean, I can see some extenuating circumstances as you mentioned. It's not the norm, but and it's not. And I wouldn't call that forsaking. I wouldn't yeah. call that, that. There's not a conscious decision to do that on a regular basis. Um, so I think you got to be a little careful about hard and fast answers. But I think in general, it's pretty easy to see. Okay. Um, yep. Uh, you know, Kevin says, you know, like NASCAR racing teams, they have to miss every. You know, I I could probably be a NASCAR race car driver, but I choose not to. Yeah. I don't know. I've seen you driving. Uh, you can sell tickets to it, though. Yeah, I yeah. could. All right. Uh, Kevin says, Old Testament worship, or Old Testament, our Old Testament example is to avoid work of any kind on the Sabbath to the point that it is sin under the new old law. How does that precedent not apply to worship in the New Testament? Uh, yeah, that's the point. I think I mean, it's a priority. It's a priority. It's a priority, right. Uh, what about vacation? We asked that follow-up question. What about vacation? Uh, I'm going on vacation, and I, I tell you, we're going to try to we're going to try to crowd in as much as we can possibly crowd in on this vacation trip. We're going to, we're going we're going to make a big swing out to the Grand Canyon. Then we want to go out in California and see the sequoias. Mm. Uh, I want to come back through the Badlands in Dakota and see Mount Rushmore. Yeah. And I mean, it's going to be a huge big loop out in in the Western United States. Yeah. And. Uh, it's gonna really cramp us on our on our schedule if we have to try to schedule to be at some place to worship at all the appointed times. Do I have to on a on a big vacation like that? Do I have to? Well, step back from that a minute and just look at the question. Look at the question. The question is, do I have to? I'm actually putting myself. And my vacation and my enjoyment and my recreation before God to the point that I'm even saying, well, do I have to pay attention to God? This is about me. This is about my big vacation. So do I have to? So, yeah, maybe ask your, about your spiritual maturity if you're asking questions like, do I have to? Yeah. Uh, here's what Chris in the UK says. When traveling to Jerusalem, Jesus's family went to church. So trips, uh, unless no church is there, is no excuse. Plus this church... Hosting a study has an online option. Debate as if uh, as if that is going to church is a viable question. Yeah, we're going to do that in a minute, Chris. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. So he says, yeah, that, that it was a, it was a priority for Jesus's family. Yeah. Um, and then um, 
Well, let's see. Did, did Jeff or, or can't answer that question? Uh, um, I don't see that in his answer. We'll look at that. Well, here's one from Jeff. Okay. What about worshiping on the Lord's Day at a campsite, motel room, or and or a cruise ship as long as other Christians are assembling with me? So I'm on vacation and I'm camping, but there's several other Christians camping with me. And so we're just going to have a worship service in the campground or we're on a cruise ship, but there are a few other Christians with us on this cruise. We're just going to have a worship service on the cruise ship as we're cruising. I know Christians who do that. And he says some people might use Matthew 18:20 uh, to justify that, which I think is a pretty bad misapplication of that verse. Uh, I think everybody remembers Matthew 18, verse 20 says, For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. But that actually wasn't about worship at all. That was about them, uh, verse 18, What ye shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. What ye shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. If two of you agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father. Which then the context doesn't have anything at all to do about worship. I think it's a misapplication of Matthew eighteen verse twenty to apply that to worship. Uh, so again, maybe I need to be more careful about my plans to be someplace that indisposes me to worship on the on the appointed times, camping, cruising. Whatever, you know, uh, now, again, I think you have to be a little bit careful about this. I was talking to somebody about this earlier today. Uh, I remember back in the early 90s on the first trip that an, another preacher and I made to Russia, Phil Morgan and I went to Russia. As far as we knew, we didn't know, other, and it may have been otherwise, but as far as we knew, we were the only true New Testament Christians in the whole country of Russia that day. There may have been others. We had no knowledge of them whatsoever. And it was just me and Phil. So you didn't, have, you didn't know who to assemble with? If we, you, we had no if, way of knowing if there, if there was anyone else to assemble with. Uh, and so we took provisions to observe the Lord's Supper, and we had a worship service in our room together. Was that wrong? I don't think that was wrong. I would do that again. But I don't think that's the same thing as saying uh, we're going to go we're going to go f- hunting Sunday morning uh, because it really looks like a great day to be hunting. And 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 so there's two or three of us going together. And so we're just going to have a little devotional uh, in, in order to and, and we'll call that good enough. Man, you, I mean, there's, you, you open that barn door and there's no closing it. I mean, where, where do you stop with that sort of thing? Uh, Monty says, is missing a worship service for recreational activity okay if we have a devotional to take the place of worship? Uh, he says it seems to like that would be forsaking the assembly, Hebrews 10.25, in favor of recreation. I think so, too, Monty. I agree. Okay. Um, real quickly, well, we're going to run out of time. Real quickly. What does, as you see the day approaching in Hebrews 10, verse 25, mean? Paul, your response, uh, the day of judgment is coming. Okay, some people think it's the day of judgment. Hebrews 10, 20, let me read that again real quick. You know the verse, Hebrews 25, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more, so much the more as you see the day approaching. couple of options. One is the judgment day. Problem with that is... I can't see the judgment day approaching. I, 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 in other words, Jesus said he would come as a thief in the night. I can't see. I don't know. I can't see it about to happen. So to me, that makes that a, a tough, tough conclusion. 
Other people say it's the Lord's Day, each each Lord's Day. So I'm a, I'm to assemble and to assemble more and more as every Sunday approaches. That yeah. doesn't make sense either. You know what the day is? You know what I think it is? I think it was the day, the judgment against Jerusalem. I think the Hebrew writer was talking about 70 A.D. And Jesus said, for instance, in Matthew 24, Jesus laid out a whole bunch of signs that would let Christians know that the judgment against Jerusalem was coming, that it was about to happen. And so uh, that was going to that was going to usher in a period of pretty horrible persecutions against the Christians. And they would need the strength that they would draw from one another. And he says, uh, not forsaking the assembling yourselves together as a matter of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see that day approaching, which is going to be a day of great tribulation and persecution. I think the day was the the destruction of Jerusalem. Kent says the entire the context of the entire book seems to be pointing toward the fall of Jerusalem in AD seventy. Christ had given instruction for his people to watch for the signs the of the oncoming Bible study? of the oncoming uh, fall of Jerusalem, according to Luke twenty one verse twenty. I can also see merit to the view that the approaching day refers to the coming Lord's Day and its worship activities. So Kent uh, says he sees two possibilities. There. Yeah, I think it's the 70 A.D. thing. I think that, that, that to me, that's about the only one that really makes good sense. Let's grab our last break, and then we come back, we've got to go quickly with some other questions. The breaks are wanting to come fast here tonight. They're ready. We're setting on go. We'll be back right after this. Do you remember when elders, deacons, preachers, and Bible class teachers and all church members had strong commitment to the Word? Do you recall when you can always count on book, chapter, and verse preaching from the pulpit? Can you think back to a time when Christians were known as people of the book because they knew their Bible so well? We're still trying to be a church like the church you read about in the Bible. And we're still doing the same things you remember from way back when. Are you longing for a return to the way things used to be? Come and visit. See for yourself. We're tracking the trends on the virtual Bible study. 25% of all Internet search engine requests are pornography-related. That amounts to 68 million searches every day. That information is via techaddiction.ca. The Word of God says in Matthew 5, verse 28, But I say to you that whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery with her already in his heart. Use your Internet connection for something good. Listen to the virtual Bible study every week. Now, back to the program. All right, we're going to the top of the hour. We've got lots to talk about still. Number three of your questions. Okay, do you have to join a church? Can't I just worship with a different congregation each Sunday? Well, the answer to the last part is no, you can't. Just You can't acceptably just be a member at large. It is part of God's plan for you to be a member of a local congregation. And it, that is clearly demonstrated. We won't take the time to read all the verses. But that's clearly demonstrated in the case of the Apostle Paul. When he became a Christian, when he traveled back to Jerusalem, he made effort to join himself to the church in Jerusalem. That's the that's the pattern. God wants us to be a, mem- a member of a local congregation, a working member of a local congregation. Uh, he, he made it so that that would be a resource for us, that we would have overseers to help us and, and to protect us. Uh, and so it's God's plan for us to be a member of a local congregation. And to choose not to do so is to try and circumvent God's plan. Yes, you need to be in in a faithful local congregation, in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 21, it says, Unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. Part of the way in which we glorify God is in the church. And so if I'm not a part of a local body, uh, a local assembly, then I'm, I'm circumventing God's plan. Okay. 
Uh, here's what Kent says. Those who obey the gospel are baptized into the universal extension of the New Testament church, according to 1 Corinthians 12:13. Christians then have a divine obligation to identify with the local New Testament church, as did Paul when he came to Jerusalem in Acts 9, 26. As Christians, we have a responsibility to accept spiritual responsibilities that can only be fulfilled collectively with other Christians, such as limited to the confines of the local church. We cannot meet these obligations on a permanent basis by floating around from one local church to another and avoid collective oversight of that of a specific local congregation. Coy says we can't obey the command of exhorting one another in Hebrews 10.25. We're going to different churches all the time. And I think that's exactly, you know, people who do that are actually a discouragement rather than an encouragement. They can't be counted on. They're not a part. They're not a working part of the local congregation. So, yeah, you need to be part of, you need to identify with a, a local congregation. Well, the follow-up question to that was, what should I do if there isn't a church in my area? Or what if the only church in my area is doing unscriptural things? Ken says if there's not a faithful local church in one's area, either assist in forming one or drive to where one already exists. Christians have no business in identifying with an unfaithful church. It's never right to do that which is wrong. Yeah. So I think that's I think that's the case. In other words, so I'm in an area, and, and there's some places even in our country where faithful churches are very, very few and far between. Well... Two things. One is some people move into such areas, make a decision to move into such areas, which I think is a mistake. If you if if spiritual priorities are high and in the right place in your life, then you ought to take that into consideration before you decide. I took this job, but it put me in a place where there there's not a faithful congregation within 200 miles of where I live. Well, you should have thought about that, and that should have been a major part of the decision that you that you uh, took into account when you accepted that job but again but if you find yourself in that circumstance you if there's not a faithful church and by the way it, it doesn't justify joining a church that's doing unscriptural things if there's not a faithful church in your area start one or move someplace where there is one. Chloe says drive somewhere else. I know a family that drives an hour every Sunday and Wednesday to attend church. So okay. You can drive, Chloe says. All right. All right. Number five. What should I do with my contribution if I have to miss for sickness or travel or something else? In other words, uh, uh, I'm just I'm, I'm just deathly ill this Lord's Day. I, uh, I mean, bad, sick in the bed, throwing up. And, and and so I'm not going to be able to make the services. What should I do with my contribution? Because I I had that ready to go because I planned that in my weekly budget. It's a part of my it's a part of my budgeting process. What should I do with that money? Uh, or I'm traveling now. I'm traveling, and I plan to worship. For instance, I'm going to to Michigan. Uh, but I'm going to plan my route so that I'm in Deckerville, where Jim and the brethren meet in Deckerville. I'm going to be there on Sunday. Uh, but I'm not going to be at home, and I'm not going to be where I normally worship. What should I do with my contribution? Chloe says, wait till next week. Kent says, if one cannot assemble with a local church at home, one needs to leave one's contribution before one leaves town or make up the contribution when one returns. Okay. So, in other words, it's not justification for me just to skip giving. The reason I brought up Deckerville, I know Jim, Jim and I have talked about that. He thinks when you visit someplace, you ought to at least contribute something because you benefited by the fact that the saints there conducted a worship and you were able to be a part of it. He said, I like to give some even to the place where I'm visiting, which is an interesting take. Yeah. Uh 
Oh, Kevin says our contribution is sanctified or set aside, can't be used for other purposes. So, right. So we should we should set that aside already. It should be part of our our planning. Uh, and so that that money, Kevin says, you know, I set aside that money, and then something happened, and I couldn't be there. Well, that money was already set aside. I already decided what I'm going to do with it, and then follow through with it. Thanks for that, Kevin. That's a good point. And finally, one last question. Why can't I just stay home and watch on the Internet? Okay, Kyle. Okay, now we're getting to Kyle. Well, I, I, I've, Kyle, I've, you're making it possible for people to just stay home okay. and watch so on the Internet. Believe, uh, right. I believe this. If, it, uh, if, our, if our personal stream here at College View were, were to cause some of our members to stumble, and if it's a temptation, then I'll tell you what, we can just stop streaming. Exactly right. So it's, if, that's, if it causes... Uh, stumbling block for some of our members, we will definitely stop streaming. So. We're not we're not providing that service with the intention of making it an option for people to miss the assembly. We're providing that service so that those who cannot, for legitimate reasons, be at the assembly, sickness or whatever else, maybe maybe a parent with a sick child at home, that they can still see and 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 observe the worship and and. And take in the the lesson that's being taught and so forth, but it's not it's not a substitute for attending the assembly. And Kyle, what the real benefit? I mean, that's a, that's certainly a benefit. The real the benef, the more recognized benefit of you doing that is for people to watch it after the fact. Who, oh, yeah. from other, yeah, other personal, areas. Yeah, I mean, that's that's what happens a lot more than just people watching live. But, but, but actually, you're not worshiping when you do right. that. You are not worshiping. I had a question from Jared down in Georgia. He said, what about listening to the singing and you're not singing because, you know, we make the argument we shouldn't spiritual songs shouldn't be used for entertainment. Uh, so I but I can't sing with the congregation because they can't hear me. I, I'm not teaching and admonishing them. Staying home and watching on the Internet is not worship. You are not worshiping. You are not assembling. Uh you may get some benefit from it, but you're not giving a benefit back. And Hebrews 10.25 says, uh, uh, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as a matter of some of this, but exhorting one another. And so much the more as you see the day approaching. In other words, I could be exhorted by watching on the Internet, but I couldn't give any exhortation back. And I, I'm supposed to do that. I'm, I'm not fulfilling my responsibility if I don't. Chloe, Chloe emphatically says no. Why would you want to? Being with others that know your struggles of being a faithful Christian is so comforting. And, again, you cannot fulfill the commands of exhorting one another over the Internet. Yeah. And Kent says if one is physically in good health and has the ability to assemble, one cannot use the Internet as a substitute for assembling. The Internet is an excellent tool for those who cannot physically be present. Uh, due to being either shut in or sick. However, when one can assemble, they need to be in the assembly. Kevin jokingly asked in the chat room, you mean this study doesn't count as my weekly worship? Sorry, Kevin, no. I know he's just joking, but, uh, you know, we have great, we have great, uh, tools to use by way of the internet these days uh and uh, just for instance having a time when we can come together on the internet to talk about spiritual things like the virtual bible study does each week it's a it's a good thing but it's not a substitute for being in the assembly of the saints so kyle you know people say it's as good as being there your video quality but uh not quite as good as being there right no do you what you don't get uh, the encouragement from even you know uh, Having them with you, assembling with with the saints, so it's good to have your brothers and sisters there to be able to before services to have that conversation, just to be encouraged by 
uplifting one another and just talking and worshiping together. That's you don't get that at home. You don't. Yeah, you know, it's like those people say, I, you know, going to the football game. I might as well stay home. I can see better on TV. It's almost like that. They can see the preacher better on on their computer monitor. Yeah, but you need to be there worshiping. Um. I got an email uh, from Rita. She says, from what I've learned, sometimes we make decisions not based on God's law. And she uses an example, unscriptural marriage. We must make the right decision. If we pick a job without considering God, we we should do better than that. So I agree, Rita. Thanks. Where's Rita from tonight? Uh, Johnson City, Tennessee. Good to hear from you, Rita. Thanks for chiming in tonight. All right. Any other comments? Uh, uh, let me see if I got anything. Oh, Kevin follows up and says, seriously, study like the virtual Bible study is an extra part of my devotional study each day. I'm not exchanging this time for other study. It's an addition to my other personal group and church studies. And I think that's right. That's the way it should be viewed. Okay, Kyle, um, there's been a request for you to turn the Kyle cam on here because I'm about to throw it to you. Any final comments from you tonight? Uh, no, it's, I think it's a, it's a good study. It's a... Uh, we need to make sure that we're studying and just coming to worship. Worshiping is it's part of what we're commanded to, but we get so much from it. Uh, on Wednesday nights and Sundays, kind of like those little islands across the streams, we just kind of build our strength together. So we can maintain the relationship, but also maintain spiritual strength. So it's healthy. It's good. That's it's, it's right. It is, and when, you, when, we, when we're not able to assemble, Kyle, for whatever reason, we – I feel the I feel the effect of that. Yeah. Yeah. So it, God's plan works, um, and uh, certainly uh, we don't want to assemble, uh, forsake the assembling of the saints. Yeah. A lot of questions. There's a lot of discussion. A lot of questions. A lot of discussions on that topic. Again, I'm kind of surprised we never talked about it before, but a lot of good participation tonight. Good discussion. Kyle, thanks for being here. It's good to be here. And Dad, thanks for a good, good discussion tonight. Thanks, Jay. Thank you for joining us. Hope you benefited from our study discussion of God's Word. Hope you make plans to be back here this time next week for another edition of the Virtual Bible Study. In the meantime, we encourage you to put God first in your life, study His inspired Word, the Bible, and live by it every day. You'll never regret it. Thanks for listening to the Virtual Bible Study, brought to you by the College View Church of Christ. The College View Church of Christ meets at 1618 Hampshire Pike in Columbia, Tennessee. If you are in the Columbia, Tennessee area, we encourage you to worship with the College View Church of Christ on Sunday mornings at 930 and on Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock. The College View Church of Christ also welcomes you to attend their Wednesday night Bible studies at 7 o'clock. If you have any questions about something that was said on tonight's broadcast or would like more information about the College College View Church of Christ, please call 931-381-4567. That number again, 931-381-4567. Or for more information on the internet, visit collegeview.com. Be sure to tune into the virtual Bible study this time next Thursday for another informative study of God's Word.